We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And I am joined, as always, my co-host, Ross Uglum. Find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. Ross, we have a really, really exciting show for today. It is draft month. We made it. We're here. Happy draft month. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm excited. Uh, We are inside uh you know we're, we're inside the month it is april 1st uh this will probably drop on april 2nd so we are in the same month as the draft which uh man it, it feels like it's been a minute um this has been you know and when you go six nine and one it, it feels longer uh because the playoffs are pre-draft you know you're you're, you're looking at, at guys um, all playoffs long. Uh, I, you know, I don't really like to even watch the playoffs if I'm not betting on them, <laughs> if Green Bay's not involved. So, sure. uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming, and, and, and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can visualize it. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, 
I think April, this is totally off subject, but it just kind of reminded me. April might be my favorite month of the oh, year. Oh, great. It's like great. You got, you know, you got the Final Fours coming up. Yep. Uh, Game of Thrones is starting. Uh, Avengers Endgame is coming out. The Masters. And then top it off with the draft. Like, it, it doesn't get any better for nerds like us. This is Damn. a great month. And you got the Final Four this weekend. Saturday yeah. is the game. Sunday is WrestleMania. So if you, if you party a little hard on Saturday for the Final Four, you can just chill on your couch and enjoy WrestleMania. And then, boom, Monday comes National Championship game. Is there a better weekend? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's a fair question to ask. It's a fair question to ask. Uh, but so today for the show, we have one prospect that uh, that we're going to break down. But before, and that's Brian Burns. We're going to get into the the edge rusher from Florida State, kind of a a, a Packers draft Twitter darling. Um, but before we do that, Ross, um, your your mock draft Monday comes out every Monday. Obviously, this this will be airing on Tuesday. Um, but if you haven't gotten to Cheesehead TV. Go check that out. Ross does this every week. I think this is your this is your eleventh one that you got yeah, going on. Yeah, I wouldn't call it every week. Um, it's very close. Uh, it just some weeks it doesn't work. For example, like I didn't do um, I, I didn't do uh, the the one that was on the same day as free agency because there was just more important stuff to to do. You know, so like. Mock draft Monday one was on the 7th of January. And so if you look back, you know, there have been more than 11 Mondays since the 7th of January, but it's, it's pretty darn, uh, you, you know, it's, it, it's pretty darn regular that, that we get them out or that I get them out. Um, and, and, and it's interesting. I mean, if, if, if you have an hour to kill at work or something, go back, start at number one and, and work your way through because, You'll see, you know, kind of the evolution of some of these prospects. I'm, I'm, I just happen to be in mock draft Monday one right now. Um, I'm looking at, you know, TJ Hawkinson at 44, uh, Nasir Adderley at 75, Hakeem Butler at 114. The, the the guys I just listed are, you know, have shot up the boards, absolutely shot up the boards. You look at some of the guys, um, you know, that have that have tanked a little bit. Uh, yeah, you can, you know, you can see Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network mocking Ja'Kai Polite at 12. That used to be very popular, and I used to not have a problem with it, not a single problem at all. Now, you know, it would be – people would pass out, I think. Uh, you, you look at Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports, back on January 7th, Deontay Thompson at 12th overall. That's that's out of the question. Um, it, it's, it's out of the question completely. So as you kind of – progress through these 11 it's really fun plus i I actually drop a uh a prospect video in every single one so um and no highlights we're we're not a highlights family we we are a every snap of the game family so uh it's always a player that i have featured in the mock somebody that i took not necessarily always the, the guy i take at 12 it could be somebody that you know, slides, slides, or, you know, in at 30 or 44 or 75, somebody that I've taken. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is a really fun exercise every Monday. Yeah. And so let's, cause I, I really like the haul that you had this week. And if you're not familiar with it, like I said, go check it out. Ross basically rounds up pretty much all the prominent mock, mock drafts that come out on Monday and kind of gives it to you in a nice condensed, 
um, kind of one hitter type deal. But Ross also includes a, a mock draft that he he does himself um, using one of the you know one of the simulators out there. But Ross, let's go through this real quick, just because if I mean a if if this if this happened, I would faint. I mean this these are this is a great mock. And what's really crazy about this too, Ross, is it's not out of the realm of possibility for this stuff to happen. The Packers seem like they are just in a really, really good position to to just add talent this year. Um, and that starts right at 12. Kind of the guy, we've talked about him even last week on this podcast, but it seems, it just seems like it's becoming more and more popular to mock Ed Oliver, the, the, the defensive player. I don't know what you want to call him, the good defensive player from Houston at 12. Um, and talk to me a little bit about that, Rosh, just because if Ed Oliver were to end up in Green Bay, you kind of allude to it in here talking about um, just his flexibility. But get creative with him. Let's say you are Mike Pettin and you just get this guy. I mean, he just blew up his pro day this last week and kind of proved that he's – I mean, his, like, his three-cone time was that of like a defensive back. I mean, he is an absolute freak show. So just – Real quick, just tell me about what you think he could offer the Packers defensively. I mean, you, you nailed it. Versatility, the athleticism. There are people talking about this guy as an off-ball linebacker. Uh, you know how I feel about off-ball linebackers and, and what a waste that would be of him positionally. Um, if I have a pass rusher that I think is is, is legit, I'm certainly not going to start him three and a half yards off the line of scrimmage. That's for darn sure. But I, I think you could do a lot of different things with him. Yeah, he's short for, for an edge rusher, no question about it. But if, if you're going to send him out there to get underneath a right tackle for 15 snaps a game, he's going to give you at least three pressures and probably a sack. If you're going to have him uh, you know, playing that three technique and penetrating up the field, he's going to be able to do that. This is a guy that played in a so-so conference, but consistently, and I mean consistently, saw double and triple teams from the opposing squad. Yes, lower level of competition in the AAC, but he's not going to face triple teams in the NFL, especially playing for the Green Bay Packers. You can't single up Kenny Clark so he launches your center into your quarterback so that you can double at Oliver. Like That is just not going to work that way. Uh, Yeah, three-tech, five-tech, six-tech, head up on the tight end. Wide nine even would be fun just to see him get a running start, almost like that one play with Christian Ringo. And I know he came in kind of running and hit a guard, but, uh, you know, Ed Oliver with a head of steam is terrifying, especially if you're one of the, you know, longer, thinner offensive tackles like a uh, like a Jason Spriggs type. Obviously, Jason plays for the Packers, but, I mean, that style of guy where you're tall and long levered, if, if uh, Ed gets under you, it's going to be a problem. Um you know, common sense would tell you that Ed's going to be a top 11 guy, but he's a little shorter. The, the, the level of competition is, is not quite there. And I think, you know, it's, it's an Aaron Donald situation. Aaron Donald should have been the first overall pick. But playing at Pitt, being a little shorter, he was a teens guy. And then that's right kind of where – Ed Oliver is, uh, he's definitely not going to be, and, and nor do I think he deserves to be, but he's definitely not going to be the first interior defensive lineman to come off the board. And who's to say 
that two of the 11 teams in the top 11 want IDL. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's not a glor- glorified position. A couple of them are going to need quarterbacks. Uh, you're probably, you know, definitely going to see a couple of pass rushers. I'd, I'd say Josh Allen and Joey Bosa. Uh, you know, you could see Hawkinson go. You could see both Devins go. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. And, and that's another thing. I just want to jump up on a soapbox here for just a second. If you tweet me or you comment, I'm, I'm – I'm just, I'm not, I'm going to not respond on Twitter anymore. And I'm going to actually delete your comment on the mock. I I don't want to hear that they're not going to be there. Derwin James went in the, in, the, in the teens. Aaron Rodgers went 23rd. Josh Jackson went in the second round. Harold Landry went in the second round. We have no idea what's going to happen. These are simulations based on team needs and draft rankings put together by professionals. If you come on, and just say, oh, well, he won't be there, you're done. You're out the club. I am bouncing you out of the club. And that's and, – and honestly, and because I saw you tweet that too, and I kind of piggybacked on that. And the only – and like and my comment was the only th- – there's three guys in this draft class that I would be willing to bet money on them not being there. And even those three guys, like you just, like you just alluded to, you just can't say never. You just can't. And the three guys that I talked about that I would be shocked, absolutely shocked if they were there at 12 are Kyler Murray, Quinn and Nelson, and Nick Bosa. Outside of that, I, I, I'm not even going to tell you I'd be shocked to tell you they'd be there at 12. Like Josh Allen, I, I, there is a very real path that he, he falls. You know, like let's say quarterbacks start going early in this draft. Sure, why not? Josh Allen is not this perfect, clean prospect that I think he kind of gets built up to be. Is he a good prospect? Of course he is. But you know, he's got some issues disengaging in the in in the in the run game and and when uh offensive tackles get their hands on him. So like I mean, there there's three yeah. guys that I would say sure you can say maybe they won't be there. But I, I'm I'm with you hundred percent on that Ross too, because it just it happens every single year. Guys fall. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see kind of a master of none situation with Josh Allen, like good at everything and passable at everything, but not good enough to dominate at the NFL level at anything. It could happen. You know, you could, I don't want to put that Aaron Curry evil on him, but it, it could happen. Yeah. Because of the issues that, you know, you, you alluded to, is he good enough rushing the passer to win in the NFL? Is he good enough covering to cover in the NFL? I, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I think he, you know, uh, I could look at the Packers big board right now, and I think Josh Allen is fourth. So I obviously have a high opinion of the guy. But I can see the concerns, and I can see where you're coming from in saying that this is not a bulletproof prospect. This is not a guy, you know, that that, that we're guaranteed to see, you know, go in those top 11 picks. It absolutely could happen. You know, especially if teams – and we'll talk about like a Brian Burns later on when we get into him um, – he's a guy that you can make a case is probably edge could be edge two in this class. And I think we might even agree on that, but we'll talk about him in a second. Let's get through 
the rest of these picks real quick. Um, pick 30, Ross, this guy's never going to be there. TJ Hawkinson at pick 30, get out of here. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Radio I, silence. I, you know, the way that that went is if Fant went before him, which is it's possible. Fant is faster. Uh, you know, TJ's a 4-7 guy. Is that is that good enough? Well, sure. did, did you Absolutely. see the last, I believe it was the last tight end drafted in the first round that was a 4-7 guy was Bubba Franks. Sure. Which, so like, if, if you know, with that information, what does the NFL value? They're going to value the freak show athlete that is Noah Fant. Not that TJ Hawkinson isn't, but... You know, that's that, you know, like we were just saying, I could he be there at 30? Probably not. But heck, if he's sitting there at 30, I also wouldn't, my jaw wouldn't be on the floor. Absolutely. And he was available in that simulation. So I drafted him. I'm not going to pass up somebody just to fend off the he won't be there idiots. Yeah. And then so, uh, so, so far that, if you just said Ed Oliver, TJ Hawkinson, that's all I'd need to hear for the Packers draft class. I mean, obviously you want them to hit on their second and third round picks, but it'd be, it'd be tough to walk away from that weekend disappointed. Um, so with their first or with the second round pick, this is 44th overall. You went with Chase Winovich, the edge from Michigan. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I he, he, hear me out on this. Would you, so you, you have Chase valued as like a late first. Uh, early second, which is about right where he went. I like Anthony Nelson a little bit more than him. Not that I don't like Chase. I just like Anthony Nelson's length and intangibles a little bit more than Chase. Um, I feel like you're maybe a little bit opposite on that. Um, how do you feel? So if those two were available, is would Chase be your dude? Chase versus whom? Anthony Nelson. Yeah, yeah. So Chase actually has moved up to edge six for me. Um, I'm not going to divulge my entire rankings because every single person listening to this needs to get involved with the Cheesehead TV draft draft guide. But I had a big six, and I think a lot of people had a big six coming into the into the year. People that were evaluating edge rushers, you had your your uh, your bulletproof two, um, you know, Josh Allen and Nick Bosa, guys that you really felt like you know we're going to go in the top five, rock solid, boom, get it done. And then you had this other this other group, uh, and you can include Cleveland Farrell in it if you want or not. I don't care. But this other group was was Ja'Kai Polite, Montez Sweat, Brian Burns, and Cleveland. Well, Ja'Kai is just cratering, and there's nothing that really can be done about that. But then after some uh, study based on his exceptional, exceptional combine workout, I made it a big seven and I brought Chase Winovich into that conversation. Um, and, and, and frankly, at this point now, uh, especially after reading some analysis from a guy, I really respect on pass rush. If there's two guys on this, you know, on this website that I, um, you know, that ne- aren't necessarily former NFL players or coaches that I really respect on pass rush. And then I consistently see eye to eye with it's justice Mosqueda from optimum scouting and Mike Renner from pro football focus. And Renner is also a huge Winovich guy. Um, Pro Football Focus in general ranks him as the 27th overall prospect. And I'm, I'm like right there with him. Uh, he's moved now to edge six. 
you couldn't even you could even talk to me about Winovich over Farrell just because I like athletes and Winovich is a much better athlete than Farrell, but Farrell is the better football player on tape right now. So as far as Nelson versus Winovich, it's not even really that close because Nelson is in that other tier now with Jakai and with um, like Zach Allen. And then with my workout warriors, my guys that I'm really hoping um, that, that Mike Smith gets his hands on, which would be uh, Ben Bonogu from TCU and Hollins from Oregon. Absolute athletic freak shows that just need a little guidance. Yeah. And, and so my thing with Chase is just, man, the injuries scare me and the short arms scare me. But everything else you just said, I 100% agree with you. He is an absolute freak of an athlete, high effort guy, a guy you'd want in your locker room. Uh, Green Bay would Green Bay would love Chase Winovich for sure. Uh, round three, okay. So we got one pick in round three. We've talked about this guy, so we don't need to go into him in detail. But Amani Hooker, uh, the safety from Iowa, love that pick, love that range. I, I I think that's a really kind of a sweet spot for safeties too. Is is that third round pick? I think he would be an awesome pick for the Packers. Kind of a kind of think of. A, Honestly, he's got a little bit of Micah Hyde in him, and I don't just say that because they both went to Iowa. He's kind of a you know a jack of all trades, good guy on the back end. But your fourth round pick, this is a guy that I'm very intrigued with, and I want to talk about him a little bit. And that's offensive tackle Caleb McGarry from Washington. Uh, let me ask you, he you know he's a, he's a tackle, he's a six seven dude, just massive human being, but he's got he's got sub thirty three inch arms, which I'm not. I am not arm length guy at all. I think if you can play tackle and you got the feet to do it, that's more important for me. But those are pretty short. And it's weird that he's that tall with those short of arms. So my question is, you know, he is he he is an elite tester um, in the outside zone scheme. That's going to be pretty much, you know, predicated on, you know, getting those 90 degree angles, getting your body around players. Is he the type of athlete? that can bend and could he potentially play guard early on? Do you think Ross? Potentially, um, you know, I, th- I think with a quarterback, the, that that's not incredibly tall, like, like Rogers, um, maybe not with the six, seven guards <laughs> to, to have to see over. I'm not sure that that's necessarily the greatest idea, but uh, you know, really, I think, a guy that that you know would slide right into that right tackle role. Um, geez, where where have we heard of a, a Pro Bowl caliber right tackle with short arms in Green Bay? We've right. only <laughs> only had the guy for the last eight years. So um, just something that you know doesn't necessarily concern me. It surely does not concern me in the in the fourth round. I mean, you know that that's just it's a non-starter for me. I it, it isn't gonna. Uh, it it isn't going to bug me, you know, at, at all. And 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 the Monty Hooker thing, uh, just to kind of circle back there, I, like I said, he is Micah Hyde. If Micah Hyde had a nine had a nine RAS, you know, we're talking about a guy with a four four nine forty, um, a, a six eight three cone, which is truly incredible, and a four one short shuttle. This guy is an athlete. <clears throat> 
Yeah. And, and I, I like hooker a, a lot. Like I said, especially in that range, he's kind of in that second, third tier of, of safety. Um, the last guy that you have on this list of your six first six picks. So it's another fourth rounder. Um, is this, this is the, this is the ha ha Clinton Dix pick um, is Dakota Allen, the linebacker from Texas tech. Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, Ross, I don't know a ton about this guy other than the fact that I know he was on um, last chance university. That's about, that's about all I know about t- uh, Dakota Allen. Yeah. So Dakota is, um, and, and this will excite half of our readers and half of our readers will like shut off the, uh, shut off the broadcast here, shut off the pod. Dakota Allen uh, is is a pro football focused favorite. Um, he he was a top guy, top top guy in their grading system. Specifically, um, his 2017 tape was was graded extremely high. Uh, this is a guy too that you know was really in. A defense designed for defending the spread, and and he he's a guy that uh, you know really understands how to deal with all of the things that go on in, in these Big Twelve style offenses that a are in now <laughs> are, are are in are in the league now, but b are are, are becoming even more prevalent. I mean. The actual air raid is coming to Arizona. That that is going to happen. And Dakota is a guy that you know I think would have probably been a little bit more exciting to folks, but did not necessarily test. Awesome, uh, six RAS guy, which a lot of that I think has to do with his size, six foot tall, basically two thirty. Um, you know, not 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 great, but you're talking about some numbers that, that Green Bay loves, 4.04 short shuttle and a 6.883 cone. The guy is super, super quick, understands what he needs to do in coverage. Uh, Dakota Allen is a ready-made replacement for Jake Ryan, and I mean, like, the next day. Yeah, that's – hey, sounds good to me. Fourth-round pick, that can do that. Uh, yes, sir, sign me up. Okay. So let's get into the meat and potatoes here of this, of this pod. Um, we are going to break down Brian Burns. And so I'm really excited about this because he's kind of been a draft crush of mine since really since he declared for the draft um, and, you know, watching him just watching FSU games. He was a guy that, you know, when you're watching, it's just always kind of fun to see a guy that's, you know, just really jumps off the film at you and to kind of dig a little bit deeper and be like, oh, well, okay, well, a lot of people think this guy could potentially be a first-round draft pick. So I guess what I'm seeing is what other people are seeing, and that's exciting. Um, but to set the table for for Brian Burns here, just a little bit of his background, um, he is a, uh, he's a, he's a true junior. He is 6'5". 247 hundred and forty seven pounds, which is a a big deal because people thought he played in the two twenties two thirties came in the combine at two forty seven Not only did he come in at that weight, he ran the forty yard dash in four five three with a ten yard split of one six one which is really good 
Uh, a vertical jump of 36, broad jump of 129, really impressive three cone at 7, 7.01. But so he is, uh, you know, he's a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was a freshman All-American, first team All-ACC his final year at Florida State. Um, and Ross, I'm just going to start throwing some things, some traits at you that that stand out to me about Brian Burns. And the first thing that stands out is just he's long. He's lanky. He's got an extremely lanky frame for a pass rusher. And what I really love about him is how well he maximizes that length as an edge defender. Um, The leverage that he plays with in the run game is actually better than I think what people give him credit for. The way he can really just straight arm people is impressive. His pass rush, um, you know, people always talk about in, in, in pass rush sets, your third step is essentially where when you're going to make contact with that, with that offensive tackle. And the timing that he has in his hands and his feet are impeccable. They're so good. I mean, you watch this guy on film. He is making contact the same time he's taking that third step. Um, I love that. I, I love watching uh, edge rushers that are able to do that. I love how active he is with his hands. Um, he, you know, you see him batting down balls. You see him swiping at balls. He is a turnover uh, waiting to happen. Uh, talk about flexibility, Ross. That's a big thing people talk about with edge rushers, right? Like you, you are the edge rusher guy, you know, for for the Cheesehead TV uh, draft uh, draft guide. And you talk about you know flexibility in your ankles, in your hips, all that stuff, the ability to corner and, and set and, and uh, you know and uh, and bend, all that stuff. Brian Burns is not lacking in any of that. Um, last thing I'll say about him, and I'll get off my soapbox about my Brian Burns crush, is there was, you know, the Draft Network actually had him on their podcast a month and a half ago. And that's really what sold me on Brian Burns, is just to hear him talk about what his pass, his pass rush plan is, how he attacks offensive tackles. He's... I mean, he just he sounded so cerebral as a pass rusher when he starts talking about exactly how he wants to attack the offensive tackle. And when he's on that third step, how he's 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 straight arming a guy and setting up his counter move for, you know, for three times down the road. And just the way you can tell he thinks about the game and you and then you compare that to like a Jakai Polite who. That was one of my big issues with him at the combine is when they're like, well, you know, when you do this, what are you thinking? And he, his, his response was, it's just natural. I just do it. Um, it's not just natural. It's, it's something that if you're going to be a good pass rusher in the NFL, it's something you need to study. You need to self scout. You need to know exactly how you win and what you do to win. And Brian Burns to me, obviously I've never talked to the guy, but listening to that one interview, he's a guy to me that just sounds like he is scouting himself he knows what he does well and him and I mean I just think him and Mike Smith would be such a good pair together Um, I had my buddy Craig Stout on here a couple months ago when Mike Smith got hired and he's one of the lead film writers for Arrowhead Pride and he couldn't talk highly enough of Mike Smith and just basically how D Ford Chris Jones Justin Houston all talked about that guy and how smart he was and how he got them prepared to basically attack opposing offenses and attack opposing offensive tackles and, and dive into what their weaknesses are and how they really can jump into it. Um, 
So I'm talking on and on and on about Brian Burns, but I mean, this is one of my, this is he, I don't know about you, Ross, but he is my edge too in this class only behind Nick Bosa. And it, the gap is actually not that big. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Brian, you know, is, uh, has been, you know, my, my edge too for a while. Uh, I, I mentioned, you know, the, that it is close with Josh Allen, but I, I do get that feeling, you know, that, that ultimately Allen is maybe more of a versatile piece than he is a true rusher. And everybody knows how I feel about true rushers. Well, and that's, and you, and you, so like in three years too, Ross, who would, if I had to make you pick right now, and I think, you, I mean, you already kind of answered it, but in three years, who, who is the better pass pressure? Who's the better player? Right. And then, and, and that's, you know, I think the more impactful player will be, you know, it, it's probably going to be Burns. And, and that's why obviously I have him, you know, ranked uh, above Allen um, and above guys that are not necessarily popular consensus uh, behind it. So, you know, there are probably people that have Cleveland ahead of him. There are probably people, definitely, I would say there are people that have Montez ahead of him. Uh, and I'm just not one of those people, and neither are you. I mean, we are, uh, for better or for worse, we are Brian Burns' folk. There is is no question about it. So if you were pro-Brian Burns, you're definitely happy that uh, Jake and I got, you know, assigned this particular duty. Yeah, and I mean, and that's not to say Brian Burns is a is a bulletproof prospect either, because he oh, isn't, not. you know. Nope. Um, and if you want to, I mean, so if, if you're going to, you know, what What are some of the arguments that you've heard and that you even seen, Ross, about, you know, potentially maybe this is a path to Brian Burns failing. So what are some of those things that potentially you know he needs to work on or he needs to get better on to really round out his game? Too small, uh, you know, won't won't hold up against the run, um, you know, doesn't have enough consistency, which I think, you know, the consistency thing, that is just foolish, in my opinion. And, and what I mean by that is uh, pass rush, the, the best pass rushers, and I mean the best pass rushers, don't even win 20% of the time. You know, that a success rate around 18 or 19% is incredible. This is baseball. Pass rushing is baseball, but even harder. Uh you know, they say that the, the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a fastball. Well, it might actually be to get a sack. I mean, you, you have to understand that the best rushers, like if you had a 20-sack season, imagine how nasty that would be. And you're, you're probably playing seven, 800 snaps to succeed 20 times. And, and, of course, there are hits, pressures, tackles for loss, running plays, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, we're really talking about just a handful of plays that separate the great ones from the guys that are out of the league. And so the consistency argument against pass rushers, I have very little time for it. Yeah, and it's, you know, let's go back to some some really good Packers pass rushers. Sacks come in bunches anyways. I mean, there are few guys that can consistently do it week in and week out. 
But look at, you know, like your, your Kabir, Baja, whatever, KGB. I can't even say his name anymore. There you go. Yep, KGB. You know, Clay, Clay, Clay Matthews was the same way. Here's a guy that would, you know, he had a couple seasons where he had like six, seven sacks after three games. You know, and it's just, it, it, so I'm with you. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, what are you talking about with consistency? Like Preston Smith is a good example of that too. Here's a guy that actually doesn't have great sack numbers, but you talk about a guy that can be consistently disruptive. That's just as valuable. You, you know, getting a quarterback off his spot, you know, getting in the quarterback's face, knocking down passes, tackles for loss, all those things that you just mentioned. Those are things that Brian Burns is going to bring to a, a team. And, Ross, this is kind of your wheelhouse here. I, what? So Brian Burns, what ex, what specifically do you think he could bring to Green Bay, and even more specifically, how would he fit in? Especially, you know, now that they added Zadarius Smith, they added Preston Smith. You know, bringing in Brian Burns at twelve, I don't think anyone would raise their nose at that. But what kind of what kind of role do you see him fitting in if he were to be the pick at twelve? So what you would get with Brian Burns is you would get a pass rush guy. You would get a second long guy. You get a third down guy. And the beauty of, of Zadarius Smith is actually his wins come against guards. Kick him inside. He's an incredible interior pass rusher. One of the top interior pass rush guys in the league, as far as success rates against centers and guards, he is a fantastic interior rusher. Not actually that great of an edge carver. That's more Preston Smith's game. Preston, you know, spent a long time, maybe didn't get the sack numbers that he would have liked. But, you know, that's life against Tyron Smith and Jason Peters three times, you know, four times a year. He played against tough left tackles. He ate up those left tackles so that Ryan Kerrigan could succeed against right tackles. And Kerrigan's a very good player. I'm not, you know, displacing Kerrigan's success because of Smith. But your ideal, you know, life, if you if you draft a guy like Burns, is you're giving Kenny Clark or Mike Daniels a blow, and you've got the Smiths, or well, not the Smiths on the outside, but you've got you know Burns and Preston Smith barreling in from the outside, and, and you've got Zadarius, uh, you know, com- coming in with with uh, a Clark or a Daniels. Blake Martinez is a fantastic pass rusher. I could see some some fun games being played, you know, on on twists and stuff like that with Blake. You just have a guy uh, that can spy the quarterback as well. You have a QB hunter. It's a Ben Fennel term that I love. He is a QB hunter. And what's fun, what, what's a fun thought is, you know, when you start listing, you know, Adrian Amos, Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, you know, the young talent they have coming back in the secondary, you know, Blake Martinez being rock solid in the middle, uh, Oren Burks, hopefully only getting better. It's Ross, do they all of a sudden have a, top half of the league defense like did that just kind of happen overnight I mean I know it's you know on paper all that stuff is whatever but as Packer fans do we actually have a legit reason to be excited about a defense for once in the last decade well I I mean I think you do you know because you have Mike Patton and that's a guy that you believe in uh, I think uh you you go back and you know the, the the Packers as far as uh defensive DVOA were 20th in the league in 2016 with a lot of the same personnel. Uh, they have, you, you know, they've, they've got uh, some issues with injuries, I think, that really didn't allow them uh, to rise up and, and be very good last year, despite 
Petten, but you, you start looking for weaknesses, right? And right now, if everyone stays healthy, which is just a huge if. I mean, it's a massive if. Every Packers fan knows that. But it's really hard outside of the safety opposite Amos to find a spot where you're like, okay, we suck. And, okay, you can save a linebacker next to Blake Martinez. That doesn't win football games. It's not important. It, it, I mean that very seriously. Play a safety there. Um, play Oren Burks there. Top 90 pick. 90th plus percentile athlete. Haven't figured out. Play Josh Jones there. I, I truly do not care. But you, you feel great about um, a foursome, a fivesome, frankly. You know, f- there are not that many teams in the league that have a better top five corners than King, Tremont, uh, Tony Brown, Jair, and Josh Jackson, especially from a talent level, if these guys can can kind of scrape that and get there. But they're deep at corner. Uh, defensive line, I mean, man, you've got Dean Lowry coming into year four who had a nice season. You've got Montrevious Adams looking for that year three leap. And then you've got a legitimate all-pro in Kenny Clark and a Pro Bowl-level guy in Mike Daniels. Uh, you're, you're feeling absolutely spectacular. The edges, you're feeling way better about that. You know, at, at every level of the defense, you're, you're just feeling like you're average to above average. Add in a couple of draft picks – add in, you know, a guy that we think is a top five or six defensive coordinator in this league, there is reason to believe that this defense could be the eighth, ninth, tenth, twelfth best defense in the league. And if that's the case, they're going back to the playoffs, if not further. I mean, um, the the offense with LaFleur and the talent level that they have there – with a better offensive line after the acquisition of Turner, I think it's it's very easy to kind of see uh, the, the the blueprint to you know a return to the playoffs and moving that defense from 29th in DVOA to 12th is a bigger deal than you might think. Oh, absolutely. And to and we'll end on this and to loop back to the defense a little bit. Everything that you just said. Um, with the talent and, and kind of talking about guys and being solid across the board. You are Brian Gutenkus. 12th pick rolls around. The board falls beautifully for the Packers. And sitting there staring you in the face at 12 is one Brian Burns and also a guy that we talked about earlier, Ed Oliver. What do you do? You know, I, I mean, you could take a look at the Packers' big board. I, I take Brian Burns. I do. Um, and, and that is a decision made by a total of two spots, two spots on, on, on the Packers' big board. Uh, my top five, and I, it's fine for me to say this because this is a, a free big board for you guys to check out on Cheesehead TV, goes Bosa, Quinnen, Burns, Allen, and then Oliver. Uh, and so – um, I'm going to take my number three guy over my number five guy, as as uh, simplistic as that might sound. It's the truth, and you know, then you you build uh, going from there. Because, like I said, uh, yeah, Daniels might leave. That's certainly a possibility. But right now, you're feeling really good about your your run stuffers because you have Clark and, and Lancaster, and you're feeling really good about your your guys along the line as well because you do have Mike Daniels, you do have Do uh, Dean Lowry, and you do have Montrevious Adams. And, and you've got a super athletic prospect in James Looney from a, from a year ago. So that is not priority A, I, I don't think. Um, but if they took Ed Oliver instead of Brian Burns, am I going to care? Not at all. 
Not not one little bit. Yeah, I would get over it real quick if I was even a little bit upset. Of course. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's all we got for you guys this week. Um, lucky for you, Ross and I are actually on every – we'll be on uh, every Tuesday uh, this draft season. Uh, we'll have another prospect to kind of profile next week, another one after that. And um, we're actually lucky enough that we will be the guys that kind of get to recap the first round of the draft when when that all happens as well. Um, so stay tuned. we got some awesome stuff planned for this month of April. Um, thanks for joining us today. And as always, go Pack Go. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Got Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's hot, what and it caught. It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! 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 Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.